Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. As always, glad to have you aboard. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Episode 67 hits Friday night, November the 25th, Black Friday, 2022. I am cheating a little bit. I'm recording here a little bit early. Back on track for my annual Black Friday concert with Jackal. So I'm going to record parts of this episode on Thanksgiving, parts of it the day before Thanksgiving. So if some of the stuff here in segment one, News of the World, seems a day or two old, I apologize. That being said, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look at the latest news in the world of rock and roll, that is segment one, and as I said, that is news of the world. Biggest news of the week is... We are heading for the implosion of one of the biggest rock bands of the past 40 years. Lawsuits, lawsuits, lawsuits. Doesn't it seem like you can pretty much trace the destruction of any good thing in the world to lawsuits? I've always said the decline of the United States can be traced back to the early 90s and two legal proceedings. Number one, the woman who spilled hot coffee on herself in the McDonald's drive-thru and O.J. Simpson. Ever since then, the last 30 years, our society has sucked and it's not getting any better. So why not destroy a classic rock band, one of the biggest rock bands of the late 70s all through the 80s, with lawsuits and infighting and egos? Yes, I'm talking about Journey. A few years back, if you'll recall, two of the members of the classic lineup of Journey, Ross Valerie and Steve Smith, bass player and drummer, respectively, from that Escape era journey lineup. Unceremoniously fired from the band by Neil Sean because he thought they were trying to run a coup d'etat and take over the band. And of course, then there was the Steve Perry lawsuit that is still pending, to my knowledge, And now the two remaining members from that classic Escape era journey lineup, Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane, are going at it hard and heavy, and they're headed to court. I hope you didn't buy tickets for next year's Journey in Toto tour, because who knows if that's going to happen. And if it does happen... What is Journey going to look like? I would imagine it would be Neil Sean and a bunch of session players. Jonathan Kane was not one of the founding members of Journey, wasn't even close. But he came in, helped propel the band to heights they had never seen before. He is a great ballad writer. Neil Sean, of course, has been there since the beginning. Forming the band after he left Santana. I would imagine he would be the one rock-solid piece that does not change in Journey. But who knows? Again, lawyers are involved. So who knows? But now the latest lawsuit. 
or Neil Sean has sued Jonathan Kane involves the finances of the band, involves a an American Express card that Neil Sean claims Jonathan Kane has sole access to, along with his wife. And Neil Sean cannot look at the records, cannot access the account, even though it's supposed to be under a journey corporate account. After a few days, Jonathan Cain finally came back and responded. He is claiming that Neil Sean has been reckless in his spending. He has been digging himself into a deep, dark financial hole. And now he is trying to find a way out of it by putting this lawsuit out there. Again, I will state for the record, if you have tickets to see Journey next year, you might want to try to ditch them as soon as possible. I don't see how this works well, and I don't see how anything other than Jonathan Cain leaving Journey ends up being the solution to these problems. I can't see Neil Sean and Jonathan Cain on stage together ever again after this. I just can't. If they can work it out, good for them. Maybe they'll show some maturity, something sorely lacking in this day and age. But again, I doubt it. We're dealing with millionaire Rock star celebrities, rarely does something like this ever work out for the positive. Speaking of spoiled, pampered rock stars, I don't know how you guys feel about Twitter. I know some of you out there, maybe most of you out there are on Twitter you like it. I have never signed up for Twitter. I'm not a big social media fan. I like podcasting. My heart is in radio. I kind of look at podcasting as a way for the normal, ordinary person who can't get on the air to get on the air. That's why I love doing all the podcasts I do. But Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they do nothing for me. I do have a Facebook account. I have a Facebook account for The Fortress. And as I always say every week, check it out. But we're not talking politics. We're not talking negative. We're not doing anything other than trying to have fun with rock and roll. But, unfortunately, the majority of what's out there is negative. Whether it's politics, and again, whether it's pampered celebrities and rock stars. I could give two craps about Elon Musk and him buying Twitter, and I don't care. Either way, you can love it, you can hate it. I don't like censorship, I'll tell you that. So in that respect, I applaud him taking over Twitter because I do believe Twitter, along with other social media platforms, engages in censorship. And I believe Elon Musk does not believe in censorship. Now he's got other issues. Other problems, but we've got two prominent rock stars here recently who have come out against Twitter and against Elon Musk taking Twitter over. And of course, one would be Jack White, guitar virtuoso, who I normally respect and admire, but again, he can go off the rails at times. And the fact that 
Elon Musk reinstated Donald Trump's Twitter account enraged Jack White. Jack White basically said, I can't believe you would let a liar back on Twitter. (laughs) It just makes me laugh when these celebrities say stuff like this. Number one, all politicians lie. Stop being naive. The current president lies every day, probably 15 to 20 times an hour. There's nothing different between Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, you pick your favorite Democrat, Republican, governor, mayor, representative, member of Congress. They all lie. So stop getting mad because the side in this divisive country we live in, the side, the party that you don't agree with actually gets to talk, actually gets to say something. For better or worse, it's called free speech. And I always find it hypocritical garbage when people like Jack White, an artist, a musician, an exceptional musician, wants to censor someone. Because in his opinion, his opinion, that person lies. That person doesn't spout what he believes to be the truth. And until we get past this, until we get over this, and until we rein in all of this garbage in social media, Jack White, people like him, celebrities like him, Number one, you shouldn't listen to them because they're just one voice. We act like they're more powerful. We act like they're more important. They are not. Everybody has one singular voice. My voice, your voice, they're just as important as Jack White's voice. He doesn't believe it. Celebrities in Hollywood, a lot of rock stars who are on the the political bully pulpit don't believe it, but it's true. Then, of course, you got Trent Reznor, Mr. Tough Guy. I've never liked Nine Inch Nails. I have never professed to like Nine Inch Nails. And I think Trent Reznor is one of those wussy guys who thinks he's tough when he gets behind a microphone. Trent Reznor's not a tough guy. Trent Reznor acts tough with his music, the industrial metal that I can't stand. God help me. He's going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Nine Inch Nails. We know that. It's just another sign of the decline in taste in standards for rock and roll, in my opinion. But now Trent Reznor dropped off Twitter completely. And of course, we've heard celebrities left and right are leaving Twitter because it's no longer the safe haven for their leftist BS. Trent Reznor and Jack White stick to making music. Very controversial take that I agreed with decades ago. The Dixie Chicks shut up and sing. Again, one voice, one person. That is what America was founded on. Celebrities and rock stars, musicians don't get a more powerful say, a more important say in social, political matters. Just because they're on a big screen in a movie theater, smaller screen at home, on your TV, or they're coming through the speakers in your stereo. 
You might call me naive again. But this country was founded on one person, one voice, one vote. Why don't we stick with music I can't stand, like Nine Inch Nails? Let's go to Disturbed. Another one of these newer bands that's popped up over the last couple decades that people seem to love and gravitate to. For the first time ever, they have a guest vocalist on one of their songs, and it turns out to be one of my favorite female singers in rock history, Ann Wilson of Heart. Yes, Ann Wilson. Guest vocals on Disturbed's new song, Don't Tell Me. Well, there is something I will tell you. As much as I love Ann Wilson, I'm not going to listen to anything from Disturbed because I can't stand them. So you're not going to get a review of Don't Tell Me anytime here on the Fortress of Rock. Now, Rock History was made this past Sunday, November the 20th, 2022, the final American concert ever for Elton John at Dodger Stadium. Of course, it was simulcast on Disney+. Plus. I never had the chance, never had the opportunity to see Elton John live. I do regret that. It stinks. One of the few, along with Tom Petty, that I maybe could have afforded to see it at some point in time in my life. Just fate, circumstance, never worked out. But Elton John, the latest classic rocker to call it quits in terms of touring. And speaking of live shows and speaking of Tom Petty, we mentioned this a while back. It comes out today as this episode hits. November the 25th, the Tom Petty Live at the Fillmore set in various permutations, two CDs, four CDs, I believe six album vinyl set. A little bit unwieldy for me to review here for you on The Fortress, but... I do like the fact that a lot of this is cover songs. It's not just Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers rehashing the classic hits. Yes, there are some in there interspersed among the cover songs. But for the most part, this appears to be a set of cover songs that Tom Petty genuinely loved. Now, we also, of course... Last week, reviewed Bruce Springsteen and his studio album of cover songs, R&B and Soul, from the 60s and 70s, a little bit into the 80s, only the strong survive. But to me, much more excited about the Tom Petty set. I don't know why. It just feels more genuine to me. And I don't like Tom Petty any more than I like Bruce Springsteen. I admire them both. I love both of them in terms of their catalog, in terms of all the music they've put out since the 70s. But for some reason, Live at the Fillmore and the cover songs 
again, just seems more genuine. So check out Live at the Fillmore. Buy it for the Tom Petty fanatic in your life for Christmas. And then again, just loving the flow here in the the first segment on The Fortress. Now we move on to Tom Petty and go to Bruce Springsteen, who we just talked about with his album that we reviewed last week. Now, Bruce Springsteen, if you remember long time ago, years and years and years ago, put out a really, really cool box set called Tracks. Now, Tracks was lost stuff, cover songs, demos, that kind of thing. But it was a really, really good box set. It was a solid box set. I have it. Well, now Bruce Springsteen says that he is going to have a, he's not going to call it a follow-up necessarily to tracks, but in the spirit of tracks, he claims he's got five albums pretty much completed that he's going to cherry pick from to create a follow-up again, in the spirit of tracks. Coming up maybe next year. Now, I will say one thing about Bruce Springsteen. I do complain about him in real life as a person, the things he does in politics, drinking tequila on a motorcycle, some of the stupid things he does and he says here recently with the Ticketmaster, the Ticketmaster debacle when he got roped back into it after what happened with Taylor Swift and his inept, immature response. But again, I love his music. So looking forward to this second box set he's going to have out in the spirit of tracks. And he supposedly got an an album in there, tracks from an album with electronica, drum machines. I don't know how I feel about that. It'll be intriguing to listen to. I'll say that. And then along with that, again, weaving our way through all the news here this week and how it all ties together coming back to once again only the strong survive the boss was extremely happy with the response when the first volume was released here recently he's got a second volume of cover songs that he's putting together. So a second edition of volume two of Only the Strong Survive could be coming out soon as well. And sorry, to complete my thought, there is one person out there, along with Dave Grohl, if they promise to put something out there, if they say, I'm working on something, I'm working on an album, I'm working on a project. Again, despite how I feel about him as a person, Bruce Springsteen will follow through. Bruce Springsteen is still prolific. Bruce Springsteen will still put out as much as he can when he can. Now, is it because of greed? Is it because he wants to make more money? I'm not down that road yet. I'm not that cynical yet. As a Van Halen fan, I, of course, admire it. I wish Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, Wolfgang Van Halen, would get in the vault, start pulling out the old stuff with Eddie and David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar 
and start putting out some of the archival material. But this is here, the 180, the spectrum. You've got a Bruce Springsteen who's more than happy to give us whatever he can, whenever he can. Archival stuff, cover songs. He just wants to keep producing. He wants to stay active. And there's the Bruce that I like. And then I get upset with my own band, the band that I love, Van Halen, because they're the exact 180 opposite. They won't do anything like that. They won't put out anything. They've got all the old Eddie Van Halen stuff under lock and key. We have to look at Brian May, as I mentioned last week from Queen, and his work with Eddie Van Halen on that Starfleet project. We have to look at a third party to get more Van Halen. Different strokes for different folks, kids. And that's going to wrap up News of the World. Segment two coming up. Going to be an abbreviated segment two breakdown. We do have a review of Nickelback's new album, Get Rolling. But not much beyond that. As I said, taping schedule is a little bit haphazard because of Jackal. So I'm going to put together the best possible show. Segments here, segments there. Not taping it all at once. But believe me, you'll never know because this thing will flow beautifully. Because I would not give you anything but perfection here on the Fortress. Breakdown is next. Hang out for a quick promo and I will be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, that was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally. Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fortress of Rock. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. It is November the 25th, 2022, Black Friday. Beyond shopping has special significance for rock fans like me. It is the annual family reunion for Jackal in Indianapolis. Have a review of that for you, of course. Next week on the Fortress here in segment two, Breakdown, where, of course, we do all our concert reviews, album reviews, singles. So let's get into our reviews for this week before I have to depart for my rock show. Featured album review of the week is Nickelback's Get Rollin', probably the last new album we're going to get from anybody in terms of rock and roll. Probably going to be a little bit of a dry spell until February of 2023, from what I can tell. We'll get through. We'll find stuff to listen to, old stuff, newer releases that we kind of let slip through the cracks. But the last major rock release of 2022 is Nickelback's Get Rollin'. Not going to review the deluxe edition this time around like I did with Sammy Hagar and The Circle recently. I only really like to do that if there's new songs 
B-sides, unreleased tracks. Uh, the deluxe edition of Get Rollin' has four bonus tracks, but they're all just acoustic versions of songs from the regular edition. So 11 songs on the regular edition of Get Rollin'. Let us do what we always do here. Well, most of the time. Of course, we couldn't really do it with Bruce Springsteen last week, but we go track by track through Get Rollin'. First up is the best song on the album, the first single that we got from Get Rollin', which is, of course, the hard rockin' San Quentin. It's not a masterpiece, but it is just a solid meat and potatoes rock and roll song. Very catchy. And then right after that, we get Skinny Little Missy, classic sleazy Nickelback. So we're off to a really good start here on Get Rollin' with San Quentin and Skinny Little Missy. Very, very good one-two punch to start the album, and then things kind of fall apart. As they've gotten older, as a lot of bands do, it seems like Nickelback is starting to, dare I say, mellow a little bit, where they are going more for the ballads and the mid-tempo stuff instead of the straight-on hard rockers like we got here with San Quentin and Skinny Little Missy. Because track three is Those Days. Now, that was the second single released off of Get Rollin', which we talked about here recently. It's just an obvious ploy to put together Photograph 2.0. It's very similar in tone in the almost generic reminiscing of Days Gone By and... You know, Chad Kroger drops the little cultural touchstones that all of us remember if we're in our 40s or our 50s. It's just not something that I like. To me, it shows a lack of creativity. A lame, clumsy attempt to get a hit single. So I... I'm not the biggest fan in the world of those days. Then after that, we get the third single from Get Rollin', High Time, which is moderately catchy, but again, clunky, in my opinion, clunky songwriting because it's an oh-so-wink-wink obvious song about pot-smoking even though, wink, wink, some of the stuff implies that it's really not about pot smoking. Get rolling doesn't mean rolling a joint. It means get rolling down the road. Yeah, right. So those awkward metaphors really didn't do it for me. Again, it's it's a fine song. It's It's okay. Moderately catchy, but I expect better. Then we get the final, the third and final, in my opinion, hard rocker on the album, and that would be Vegas Bomb. This one, not nearly as good as the first two, San Quentin and Skinny Little Missy. Uh, Vegas Bomb has a really unwieldy party chorus. It's too long. They run through it too fast. You got to keep it simple. The old kiss, not kiss the band, but kiss the business philosophy. Keep it simple, stupid. The best example I could come up with of a rock chant, a party chant, in a song that does it right is Queen's We Will Rock You. Very simple, very straightforward, very catchy. And the party chorus for Vegas Bomb is the exact opposite. Rambling, too fast, too long. So again, an okay song, but not 
not one of my personal favorites from Nickelback. Then we get a mid-tempo tidal wave. And while the chorus is a little repetitive towards the end, um, they seem to have run out of verses. They could have used another verse chorus in there at the end. But that being said, it's actually one of the more catchy songs on the album. Now, it's not a power ballad. It's mid-tempo. So it's tolerable in that respect. But it is very catchy. I did kind of like the the yearning. Chad Kroger does a really good job throughout the years of being that that pining man in love. And he does a really good job with it here on Tidal Wave. Then we hit the low point of the album. Does heaven even know you're missing a power ballad, a blatant attempt at a hit single that will appeal to the female rockers out there? And I just, I can't stand it. I don't like it. Again, a theme that seems to be popping up a lot on Get Rolling is the lazy songwriting. You would think after all the time off that Nickelback has had from their last album that they would have been able to put together some better songs. Um, and this is, again, another example to me of lazy songwriting, just trying to write a hit single and not worrying about the actual quality of the song. Things get a little better as we go through the last four tracks. Uh, another mid-tempo song like Tidal Wave that works very well is track eight, Steel Still Rusts. Along with the opening one-two punch, the opening one-two salvo and Tidal Wave, Steel Still Rusts is one of my four favorite songs on Get Rollin'. Very, very good, anguished, in a way, mid-tempo rocker. Track nine is Horizon. It's, again, okay. But it, again, comes off a little bit lazy. In terms of songwriting, it just sounds like generic Nickelback. And unfortunately, that pattern does not change for tracks 10 and 11. Sanding in the Dark and Just One More really don't do anything new or different or don't bring the energy level back up at the end of Get Rolling. And the one final note I want to bring forth about the lazy songwriting is that you, you hear... The word angel used way too much on this album, especially track seven and track 11. I'm not a big fan of songwriters, bands who constantly use the same words over and over and over again, especially a word like angel. So to me, if I was putting an album together, I would try to avoid using that word in more than one song and especially two subpar songs like does heaven even know you're missing and just one more. So what do I do with Nickelback? What kind of a, a recommendation, a thumbs up, a thumbs down do I give it? It's very, very close. It's walking the high wire. It's right there on the border of it's worth a listen, and you can probably skip it. I would say give it a shot, especially if you're a Nickelback fan. Now, I know there's a lot of haters out there when it comes to Nickelback, so you guys definitely stay away from it. You will not find your love for Nickelback through Get Rolling. If you are a Nickelback fan like me, you got to give it a shot. You got to give it a listen, see what you think. Maybe you'll like it a little more than me. Maybe you'll like it a little less than me. But it's right there in that, that area where I can't give it a wholehearted recommendation. I can't say I'm going to be listening to it over and over and over again. That being said, 
it's good enough where I might have it on in the background sometimes. Straddling that line between being decent and being subpar. All right, two songs to review this week. Two singles. The second single from Godsmack off their upcoming album, Lighting Up the Sky, is You and I. And You and I is a great, great, great song. Much better than the initial single, Surrender. Sticking with this theme of lazy songwriting, I thought Surrender was a little bit lazy for Godsmack. Sounds too much like Godsmack trying to write a Godsmack hit rock track. You and I, more creative, a little different, more interesting, kind of a melding of grunge and 70s rock. At least that's how I hear it. Found it to be very creative, very cool. So You and I gives me hope for a solid Godsmack album coming up in 2023 with Lighting Up the Sky. I definitely recommend you check out You and I from Sully, Erna, and the Boys. Then finally, wrapping up Breakdown. Of course, Breakdown, our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. The final song we've got to review this week is Goodbye from Mammoth WVH. Yes, I have ranted. I have complained. I have moaned. I have whined and cried about this deluxe edition of Mammoth WVH. It's a cash grab. It's a money grab. I'm a little ashamed of Wolfgang Van Halen for doing this. Of course, not even two years old, he releases a, a deluxe edition of the debut album with three new songs, and I'm not a fan of an artist, a performer, expecting me to shell out another 10 to $15 just for three songs. And I know I can go buy the, the MP3s, MP4s, whatever you call them now, the digital download versions of the songs for a lot less, which is probably what I'll end up doing, but I still think it's a Bush League move. So we reviewed the first two bonus tracks off of Mammoth WVH Deluxe. The third and final one is Goodbye. Now, you guys know I'm a huge, huge Mammoth fan. One of those bands where even their mediocre output is far, far better than 99% of the other bands out there. And that's kind of how I feel with Goodbye. Goodbye is probably off of all the songs off the debut album, including the bonus tracks on the deluxe edition, probably my least favorite so far in terms of songs that Wolfie's put out. That being said, it's still a good solid rocker. It's just not anything that grabs you, anything that really stands out. This would have definitely qualified as a B-side and a a track not worthy of inclusion on the initial release. So in this case, it's obvious to me why Goodbye is a bonus track and they didn't hold it for the second album. Still would have been interesting. I think would have been a lot more fan-friendly if he would just save these three tracks, even Goodbye, and just put them on the second album somewhere. Again, I complain a lot about things like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Ticketmaster. I don't like also when bands and performers take advantage of their fans in situations like this. And I will call out any and all of them, even one of my favorites like Mammoth WVH. So that'll do it for Breakdown, kids. Hope you enjoyed it. A couple more segments to go here before we wrap it up. Of course, that's segment four. Going to have a brief segment three with I Want to Go Back. Anniversaries and birthdays in rock history for November the 25th. So hang out with me through a quick promo. And we'll be right back getting into the rock and roll DeLorean.
Stay tuned. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, you know what time it is here on the Fortress of Rock, segment three. It is time to get in the rock and roll DeLorean, crank it up to 1.21 gigawatts and go back in time to check out significant moments, anniversaries, birthdays, and rock and roll history with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, here on Black Friday, November the 25th, 2022. Of course, this is also the time where we usually let you know your options when it comes to finding us. You've obviously found us somewhere, some platform, some host. But you have options, including Spotify, Amazon, Audible, Stitcher, Google, Apple, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And of course, we always like to recognize our sources for a lot of the news stories, headlines from segment one, news of the world. And here in I Want to Go Back, three main sources that are phenomenal, fantastic websites. Of course, for my Van Halen news, always go to the Van Halen news desk. Thisdayinmusic.com and Ultimate Classic Rock. Some of the bare bones ideas for the stories come from those places, but the opinions, the embellishments, the rants, that stuff is all mine and mine alone. Going to be an abbreviated I want to go back here this week. Just a few anniversaries, a few birthdays to discuss real quick. As I mentioned previously, got to get prepared for the latest concert on the agenda. The Indianapolis Black Friday show each and every year from Jackal. Of course, full review coming next week on The Fortress. All right, in terms of rock and roll anniversaries, sad day. Going back to November the 25th of 2007, lead singer for Quiet Riot, Kevin Dubrow, was found dead at his home on this day 15 years ago, back in 2007. Of course, Quiet Riot, in their way, were trailblazers. First metal album to hit number one on the Billboard album charts in the U.S. Massive hit songs with their remakes of Slade, Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Not one of my favorite bands of the 80s, but I definitely respected them. Definitely, like everybody else, had a copy of Metal Health. The album that went to number one. Great, solid rock and roll band from the 80s. And unfortunately, like so many other rock stars from that era, as time is catching up with all of us, Kevin DeBrow passed away 15 years ago. On a more upbeat note, November the 25th, 1984, in a studio overseas in England, 
the classic charity song, the all-star song, Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas, was recorded on this day, November the 25th, 1984. Now, of course, later on, we got the American version, USA for Africa, We Are the World, but Do They Know It's Christmas was really what kick-started all of this, the massive concerts, Live Aid on both the, the continental U.S. and overseas in England, And Do They Know It's Christmas, of course, featured a lot of the, the English superstars. Paul Young at the time was huge. Bono, of course, was included in this. Of course, it was all put together by Bob Geldof. Okay, taking the DeLorean back a little bit further in time now to go to birthdays. Now, of course, we reported earlier this year on the Fortress the passing of former Screaming Trees founder and member of Queens of the Stone Age, Mark Lanigan, who passed away back on February the 22nd of this year. Just want to give a quick shout out to his memory. November the 25th, 1964. Would have been his birthday today. And then going back to November the 25th of 1944. Of course, Jeff Lynn is the most integral member of ELO. He is ELO in most people's opinion. But now when I was growing up in the 70s into the early 80s, ELO was one of my favorite bands, so I knew who was in the band outside of Jeff Lynn, and the, the first name that always popped into my head, that always jumped out at me, was Bev Bevan. Bev Bevan was the drummer for ELO. Born on this day, November the 25th in 1944. So there you go, kids. Like I said, a short but sweet edition of I Want to Go Back here on November the 25th. I'm going to do one more quick promo, and I'll be right back to discuss what is coming up for the rest of 2022 here on The Fortress. As I mentioned previously, we know the segment, we love the segment. It is called Wrap It Up. And I'll be right back with that in just a moment. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, everybody. That's going to just about do it for this week's episode of The Fortress of Rock, episode 67, on Black Friday, November the 25th, 2022. Hope you enjoyed it. I know a little bit shorter episode than normal. As we get towards the end of the year, of course, we start to run out of new material in terms of reviews for breakdown. People spending time with family and friends. 
So not a lot in terms of headlines, but we're going to still each and every week crank out the best possible episode of The Fortress we can for you. We're going to have a little fun here in a couple weeks at some point in December. We'll do a little bit of Christmas music for you, rock and roll Christmas music. Of course, one of the guys I consider one of the best singers of all time. A lot of people won't agree with me on it, and that's fine. The smooth Chris Isaac, and funny, by the way. Chris Isaac is a great, great front man, a great stage presence. For those of you who remember, he even had a show, kind of a comedy show on Showtime way, way back in the day. Writing on the success, of course, of his one massive hit single, Wicked Game. Well, Chris Isaac has put out his second Christmas album. Everybody knows it's Christmas. A mix of new Christmas songs he's put together and remakes of standards for the holiday season. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll review that for you in December to get you in the festive holiday spirit. And we mentioned that The Offspring also has a holiday holiday song out, a Christmas song. Bells will be ringing. Please come home for Christmas again. A remake of a classic holiday standard. We've mentioned next week my review of the latest family reunion Jackal Black Friday show in Indianapolis. I'll have that for you on next week's breakdown segment. Might also have a review for you of Steel Panther live in Fort Wayne. Very good chance you're going to get a double dose of concert reviews next Friday on The Fortress. Other songs we're looking to delve into. The Doors, a lost track. Great story behind this song. Paris Blues has finally been released. We'll have a review of that for you here in the next week or two on The Fortress, of course. The story, as I read, that they were prepping this for release involved Ray Manzarek and I believe his son getting a hold of the master tape for the original version of Paris Blues. And the tape was in the tape deck. Ray Manzarek's son got in there and started hitting buttons, hitting record, so the master of Paris Blues, the original master, is the song, and then it cuts to his son's, you know, giggling, laughing, screaming, whatever it might have been. So they have finally figured out a way to reconstruct this Lost Doors track called Paris Blues. So we're going to break that down for you here in the coming weeks. And I know I promised, and we're going to get to it, this long-lost project from Steve Vai, Vai Gash, and the first single off of that album, In the Wind. We're also possibly looking at to fill some gaps again towards the end of the year into the early 2023 release schedule, not much out there. So probably going to dive into at some point in December, the new album from Ugly Kid Joe. Rad Wings of Destiny. We might go back a few months. Revisit Wilco. Their double album they put out earlier this year, Cruel Country. 
just going to try to find the things that we can listen to together, review, get into that maybe at the time with a lot of more important releases coming out, we might have glanced over, skipped over. Like I said, we'll figure it out here for you on the Fortress. We'll have rock and roll for you each and every Friday evening. Rock and roll discussion, rock and roll reviews. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great holiday weekend here. And I will talk to you next Friday. And we will be in the last month of the year. We will be in December. Can't say I'm looking forward to it, of course, because it means winter weather. But it is what it is. Take care. Love you guys. I'll talk to you next week.